The conference is now connected. Hello? Hello? Uh, if we could just go over some of the numbers, I think it's... Welcome back to the Subtweets and Therapy Podcast, the podcast with no theme, only words. I'm Julian. And I'm Jared. In today's episode, we talk about insurrectionist bitches. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, uh, I hope you enjoy Trump singing the rant song underneath. <laughs> Those are some dulcet tones. Enjoy. Enjoy. This week, dude, has been... Like, I can't even begin to. I describe. don't know how to begin. Like I'm like we're only nine days into 2021. Yep, yep. And no, <laughs> like everything was fine until I had to go back to work. I went back to oh, I went I back imagine. to work on the fourth, and I had students back on the sixth. And as soon as the sixth rolled around, the world just went back to I guess it's new normal. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling my mom, I was like, I think the 6th is turning into a really bad day. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? I was like, think about it. Grandpa died on the 6th in December. Mm. And then, you know, we had a, uh, a insurrection <laughs> meeting, basically, <laughs> January 6th. Or as I like to call it, a the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. Coup with a C, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> normally, normally I'd be very upset with you for your wordplay, but that was actually that was actually good. Yeah. Coup Klux Klan. It was funny because I was watching it live and I was messaging you, and like from the, the camera angles they were first showing, I was like, oh, I mean, it's not great that they're all like in front, and then they're like, oh, they got in. <laughs> What do you mean they got in? But then I see clips of like police officers just letting them through. Yeah, that was the part. That was the part for me. Cause like I was already upset at the fact that, you know, this protest turned riot turned insurrection was happening in the first place. But in my mind, when you were telling me about it and I was like grabbing little bits of information off of Twitter in between classes, um, in my mind, for some reason, the police officers were, you know, doing their job. They were trying to prevent these people from getting in and just due to numbers, they overran the police and, you know, the police just just did the best that they could. Uh, And then I saw those clips of police officers just moving barricades and letting them in. And I don't know why I was stunned, but I was stunned. And the the one that sent me was the one where the cop was taking selfies with these people. Oh, man. man. Meanwhile, in another video, and this guy I felt legitimately bad for, did you see the clip of the black guy who had to keep retreating because it was just him as the crowd keeps marching forward towards him no. in the building? No, I yeah, didn't like he has that. to keep he let me see if I can find it. He has to keep retreating, bro. Like, he stands there, and they keep walking, and one guy tries to get a little too close, and he pushes him back, and he has to retreat. Mm. And he starts all over again. And it was just him over there? Yeah, it was just him. Yeah, I got the link right here. I'm going to put it in the Discord. Like, there it is. You see it? Uh, Yep, got it. There it is. It was, it was, I felt so bad for him, bro. 
Because right, like, what did he? What? There's nothing he could do but run. Yeah. Oh, geez, it really is just him. Yeah, it's just him in this crowd, bro. That is terrifying. That is terrifying, dude. And so some people were using that video to say that this was staged. Seriously? And I was like, this is not staged, bro. <laughs> he's not, what like, is he? What is he supposed to do? There's at least it, all he has is a nightstick. There's at least thirty or forty people, man. There's at least thirty or forty people right there, and it looks. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I don't. It doesn't look like any of those people have weapons on them, but they could just be concealed. But like, even if they don't really, have weapons against a crowd like that, yeah. Like, what are you no. supposed to do? Nah, bro. That's too and much. So, so you got dudes letting these people in and taking selfies. Meanwhile, this guy has to deal with all this. Oh, bro. Okay. So before we start getting too knee deep into this conversation and trying to resist the urge to just like rant and rave and, and all that type of stuff, I feel like we should try to encapsulate everything that this entire incident was. Um because like obviously everyone is gonna have their own like rhetoric about it. Everyone is gonna to gonna start framing it in their own type of way. But for me, this incident can only be classified as domestic terrorism. It can only be classified a as a coup or an insurrection. Like mm -hmm. the people who are involved in this should only be classified as thugs and criminals, period. Before I start making comparisons, I say, can you imagine if this or can you imagine if that? Let's just look at the facts. We have American citizens who have allowed themselves to be convinced that the election was, quote unquote, stolen from them, even though they are never able to produce any evidence uh, as to that claim to support that claim at all. Um, they were brainwashed that this election was stolen from them. Uh, and got whipped up into enough of a frenzy to have a protest. Protests are fine. But alongside of that protest, or I guess with the undercurrents of that protest, there was the encouragement to incite um, by force changing the result of the election to whatever it was that they actually wanted. And then they actually carried it out. We had American citizens not necessarily forced their way in, but they made their way into our nation's capital while representatives and senators were in there and they were stealing things. They were breaking things. Police officers found multiple different IEDs, uh, multiple different uh, people within this mob had weapons on them. Um, they were scaling walls. Like the, the pictures that you saw, it made it look like our country was like a third world country in the middle of a transition of power that was not peaceful. Like, yeah, the bare bones facts of this is that these people did something that was so egregious that regardless of who they are, regardless of what they look like, regardless of who they support, they should be severely punished because stuff like mm -hmm. that should not happen. Period. Period. That's my that's my stance on this before we start, you know, diving into who is actually responsible for all of this and what their intentions were. The facts alone of what happened should never be allowed in this country, period. 100 percent. And 
I can't really add much more to it other than I think the general sentiment is these people are pro-Trump and not pro... I mean, pro-Trump more so than pro-America. And so they wanted this so bad that they were willing to go to these lengths to do it. And that is just unacceptable in every form and fashion of it. And it really highlights what is perhaps the most frustrating aspect of dealing with people who are fanatical Trump supporters is that they, they don't see the hypocrisy in their own actions and words. They are the, the group of people that claim to be the most American claim to love America, the most claim to be all America first. And yet they are the first ones willing to burn this country to the ground if they don't get what they want. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think, just, I think it was kind of amplified by like, let's just look at the events of this week before this. So we started this week off with the runoff, right? Mm-hmm. The runoff mm-hmm. was talked about in since Georgia. November, how important mm-hmm. this was. And what did we get on Monday? We got that Georgia phone call from our president mm-hmm. to the secretary of state in Georgia about you need to find these votes, right? Yep. Which in of itself is a huge deal. And that's crazy. Like the events of this week are so big that we're not even talking about that right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And people were willing to excuse that because, you know, they just excuse everything that he's done over this term. It's just, I just don't, I don't, I I know we talked about it before. I just, I don't fully understand how these people can allow themselves to elevate this man to such a high level in their minds. Like to to just take his word as gospel and follow whatever it is that he's saying, like it 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 doesn't make any sense to me. I I don't know. I always I don't I wouldn't say always, but I've been thinking about it and I think that his election was more of a backlash yeah. to the previous administration before that. Yeah. And a lot of people want to say, Oh, it's because they weren't heard, it's because of this, but let's be real here, bro. It's not because they weren't heard. They just didn't like the people who were in office and characteristics yes. of said people. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so what was what was the thing that you remember hearing people say about him when he was running? Oh, he says things that people want to say but can't say. Mm. Right? Mm. And what was Trump saying during this administration? He was giving birth. He was giving rise to birtherism. Mm-hmm. And all types of that stuff. So this wasn't necessarily a, oh, we really like his policies. Because let's be honest here, bro. Was he really out here laying policies? No. No, he wasn't. (laughs) He was giving anti-Obama rhetoric. You know, he's not a real citizen here. Everyone leaned on his middle name of Hussein. And people were like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, obviously, I'm not saying everybody. (laughs) But a lot of people were saying, yeah. Because for once in America, we had someone who wasn't, who didn't look like them mm. as the leader. Mm. And you know what, and man? So, you know what? This entire fallout after Obama's presidency is the biggest indicator I think we've ever had 
as to what white power and what white privilege really looks like in its true form. Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing those who have gotten very, very, very comfortable being in positions of power become upset the moment that they see that balance of power or lack thereof starting to change. The yep. moment that they see that legitimate, like high level, long lasting, far reaching changes are being made to elevate those who have been underneath the, the thumb of those in power in this country uh, is the moment that all of these people started to adhere to Trump's rhetoric, his fear-based rhetoric. And he, they allowed all of the things that he was saying to charge up their concerns and their worries and their fears based off of stereotypes, based off deception, based off lies about people of color or people who are simply seeking change in general. Uh, and this is the, the fruition of it. Because when you listen to Trump supporters talk in interviews, you honest to God might think that these people were legitimately oppressed if you didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know any better, you might think that these people were fighting for their lives and this is the first time that they ever found any sort of success if you didn't know any better. And it's it's, it's mind-boggling to me because we're not – those who are, are seeking change, we're not trying to completely flip the spectrum or the, the the balance of power and put white people underneath our thumb. We're simply trying to find equal footing. And for those who are in positions of power, equal footing feels like losing everything, I guess. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Equality to oppressors feels like oppression. Right? Yeah. The history of the nation is built on oppressing others whether it be native americans whether it be black people whether it be asian people whether it be hispanics etc right yeah and so when we're like yo we want equality they're like oh that means i gotta give something up right like think about as kids how many times we heard about people rail against affirmative action oh my god dude Right. Oh, my God. Because that means that they had to give up something mm-hmm. for us to get something. Mm-hmm. I and just oh, really try so to like, I don't like the, I don't I think what happened is. It, it's a combination of things. So we had this buildup, obviously, of those who had more don't want to give up stuff and felt like they were oppressed. And then we had those who put political ambition above morals, mm. a.k.a. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, you know, Marco Rubio, Mitch mm. McConnell, Lindsey Graham, mm. all mm. of them, right? Yeah. Because before this dude won, what were they saying? Oh, he's a con man. He's a terrible person. If we elect him, we'll be ruined and we deserve it. And then what happened? He won. And now they just, you know, forgot that he called their wife ugly. Mm. They forgot that they were the ones who were standing against him and said all this stuff about his moral character, not even about his policies. Like, it's not like we were disagreeing on policies here. 
Mm. We were disagreeing about the person. Mm-hmm. And they decided we don't care about morals. We just want what's good for me. They put person over country. Mm. And then want to act surprised when this happens. And the thing about that is that, like, Trump, in a lot of ways, for me, has, I guess what you could call, I don't want to use the term leeway, but, like, in my mind, the man is sick. Like, in my mind, he has things going on in his mind that, like, in his brain that he's struggling with um, that, you know, he may or may not be receiving some sort of help for, but, like, based off of his actions and what we've seen over the, the past four years, like, I truly don't think that he's fully within his right mind. But people like Cruz and Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio, like, their conscious decision to continuously go along with the things that he's saying and doing is... I just, it's the biggest form of cowardice and hypocrisy, and I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. You know, like, the, every single time I see it, I'm just, I'm, I'm amazed continue to dive deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with Trump when there's no real benefit to it anymore. And there was never any real benefit, to be totally honest with you, but now it should be totally apparent and we're still not really seeing them like switch gears at all like well, you know they're they not do, going it's to. like yeah even after this quelled down and they went back in to vote on this or to read the votes they still did what they were planning to do anyway six of them josh Hawley, ted cruz you know mm. they still went along with what they were planning to do the thing is they made this happen by making this a whole deal mm-hmm. before before this year you'd never thought about december 6th before in your life had you no <laughs> like we voted in what two elections now two, two yeah two three two yes two uh, yeah. yeah and we'd never thought about january 6th ever until josh holly made this a whole event <laughs> and you knew you know that they didn't believe this because if they did just the president's election wouldn't have been invalid right they did this when congressional people were being sworn in right but they didn't they just did this for political theater because they saw whoa 74 million people voted for him Mm. we need that Mm. we can't stand on the basis of our own policies we have to be sycophants and actors in order to do this. Because they have no character. At all. And when you start to like, when you start to think about the entire scope uh, of everything that happened on the 6th, and like for me, this is best represented by the fact that there was no National Guard present at the beginning of the protests. Um, <clears throat> we need to just think about that in and of itself and how different of a response that was to the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, well, they were standing on the stairs ready to they go. Were, they were geared up, 
on the stairs before the protest even began. And the Black Lives Matter protest at the Capitol was peaceful. And mm-hmm. for the most part, those who were taking the limelight were presenting themselves in the way that black people have always been conditioned to present themselves in. Well-mannered, calm, intelligent, approachable, well-dressed, professional, blah, blah, blah. Like, they did all the things, right? They did all the things right, and the National Guard still was on edge, ready to do whatever was necessary with the weapons in their hands if anyone took one too many steps up the stairs. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there was no National Guard whatsoever at the start of this protest, when leading up to it, there was the encouragement from Trump himself to use violence, to use force in order to change things, shows me just how disingenuous this entire process really is and can be and how much of political theater it really is. Because those who are in charge very easily could have and should have had the National Guard out there, even if it was just for show. Even if it was just to show the world and the American people that, hey, we're not necessarily going to just let this super crazy thing happen because our capital hasn't been attacked since 1812 or 1814. And we're not about to let it happen on on January 6th, 2021. It's not going to happen. They could have at least done that to make it appear as if they cared. But they didn't even do that. Especially when you have to think. Earlier in the week, in Kenosha, they activated the National Guard there. Because they knew that results were going to come that people weren't going to be happy about in regards to Jacob Blake. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Trump has been saying, see you in D.C. on January 6th since December. Mm -hmm. Right? I got three tweets in front of me. December 27th, 5.51 p.m. See you in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Don't miss it. Information to follow. January 1st, 2021, 2.53 p.m. The big protest rally in in Washington, D.C. will take place at 11 a.m. on January 6th. Locational details to follow, stop to steal. January 1st again, 6.38 p.m. January 6th, see you in D.C. with details. There were posts on Facebook and things like that that said specifically that they were going to storm the Capitol. But but we didn't see this coming. Mm. This was planned. This was a hundred percent planned. There was, was people planned. there with shirts that said "Civil War," mm. right? Mm-hmm. And they go, "Oh, we we couldn't have seen this coming, bro." In October, in Michigan, they planned to kidnap the governor and execute her mm. for stay-at-home orders. Mm-hmm. And you guys didn't see something like this happening? When since November, he's been saying, oh, if I lose, this is rigged. Only if I lose, though. Only if I lose. Only if I lose. And we're forgetting when when he was running as a candidate, when Ted Cruz won Iowa, he goes, yo, Iowa's rigged. Throw the results out. But people are so quick to latch on to the narrative that there's no way he could have lost because this is what I wanted. Me, I wanted this. Because what happens is when the large collective, or not, I'm not going to say a large collective, when a group of white people don't get what they want, they decide to burn things down. Mm. They decide, this is not our country. That's not how our country is supposed to work. 
I didn't get my way. Mm. How dare these minorities step up and think that they can change things? Mm. <clears throat> and an example of this is so when cops shot back finally in this coup attempt. Yeah. There's a quote in this article I read, and I had a screenshot it. This woman said, This is not America. She was crying hysterically. They're shooting at us. They're supposed to shoot BLM, but they're shooting patriots. Mm. And her husband replied to her, don't worry, honey. We showed them today. We showed them what we're about. Because they think they're justified. Mm. Because throughout history, if you look, what did they do when they weren't happy with something? They just took it. Mm-hmm. You know? And think about it. A lot of people go, well, if this were BLM, what would have happened? I mean, we obviously know what would have happened, right? Mm. Let's go ahead and say it out loud, though. Let's go ahead and say it out loud for anyone. We'd have got this. Had been like Tiananmen Square, bro. We'd have got mowed down. Oh yeah, mowed down. Massacre, bro. Had we thought about going to storm the Capitol, (laughs) this shit would have been shut down, bro. Had Obama had the the nerve to respond in this type of way if his election was in threat, and to if he had had any sort of inkling to try and incite violence via social media or any other medium, he would have been impeached within a day. Bro, had Obama had multiple baby mamas, a tape where he said, grab him by the pussy, uh, called all Mexicans rapists, called a man's wife ugly, he wouldn't have even won. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> had all the tax fraud things that they're looking into right now, he would have never even been allowed to run, bro. Yep. They'd have shut that shit down before it got started. They'd have been like, hope. You better hope your ass don't go to jail. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like, if this situation does not illustrate and illuminate the truth that people of color have been speaking to white people in this country for generations, if it doesn't illuminate it... For- if you cannot see it clearly and accept the truth at this point in stage, you are willfully choosing to not see the truth. And so you are willfully choosing to ignore what is right in front of you because it makes you uncomfortable because you have to start to reckon with it and reconcile it within yourself. And you have to start accepting hard truths about this country that you love so much. And perhaps about your family members, your coworkers, your friends, your pastors, uh, yourself, you may have to start reconciling those things within yourself. And that is not an easy thing to do, to start looking inwards and start determining, okay, do I have biases? Do I have certain mentalities about groups of people who are fighting for things that I'm against? Have I allowed myself to start accepting this BS rhetoric and this BS narrative, do I have an, a, an assumption within myself that at the end of the day, this is my bleeping country and I'm going to do whatever I bleeping want to do in this country in order to make sure that it remains mine. If you can't see this at this point, like there's, there's, there's literally nothing else that can be said to you. At, at, yeah. at the end of the day, you're, just choosing to continue down this path and continue to be a part of the problem. Exactly. 
And the thing people go, oh, but they were upset. They were upset. Bro, we've been mad for 400 damn years. Mm. Could mm. you imagine if that was our response? Could you imagine? Mm. Of course Just, they were upset. Toddlers get upset whenever something is taken from them. Mm-hmm. Whenever they, imagine, they, they wait their way, they start to throw a temper tantrum. This is white people's t- temper tantrum. It's just far more deadly, far more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. honestly, like, if I'm being 100% real with you, man, like, I try not to go down this, this path mentally too often because I don't really know where it's going to end up or when it's going to end. But thinking about just how much has been revealed in terms of, of the way this country views and thinks of and treats those who are not in power and, and seeing the, the depth of their willingness to, to do all sorts of inhumane things and wrong things to try and keep their power, it honestly makes me wonder if we will ever be able to have like legitimate balance and legitimate change from top to bottom. If we'll really ever be able to like make it to the top of that mountain, so to speak. Cause the, the amount of, of concerted effort in trying to keep change from happening is mind boggling to me. Like we're seeing it in the president's office. We're seeing it with representatives and senators. We're seeing it with the the national guard. We're seeing it with police officers. We're seeing it in, in business places. We're seeing it in the church. We're seeing it in family dynamics. We're seeing it on social media. Like it's everywhere. And sometimes I, I legitimately wonder like if we're ever going to be able to turn the tide fully. No, I can see that thought. I think I look at it like this. Um, It's obviously a mountain to climb, right? Mm. And we started at the very base of the mountain as slaves, Mm. right? We got out of that, which is probably one of the harder things to get out of, right? Mm -hmm. We then had Jim Crow. We, for some, some parts, got away from that. Right. Like I, I, I had a talk with my uncle about this, just kind of about generational work. Right. My great, great, great grandfather was a slave. He bought land. My great grandma picked cotton and was a maid. That's how she made. That's how she did things. Servitude. My grandma, grandpa worked for the government which is a step up, obviously, from being a maid. And now my mom is basically telling people how to run their schools better. Mm. Right? Each thing is a little shift upwards. Because if anything I know is that we're resilient. That is very true. And the thing that I've learned throughout history is that in order to get things done, you have to be resilient and you cannot quit in the face of this, what we're facing now. 
you know? Yeah. The thing that I'm grateful for in this situation is that we see people for who they are. Yeah. Right? Like, the thing about these protesters, too, while I'm thinking about this, is, like, how stupid do you have to be to do fucking crimes like this and not even mask up so people don't know who you are? See, that's the thing, bro. They're not scared. And, yeah, because they think that... They're not scared of the law. Because... The irony of them waving Blue Lives Matter flags while committing crimes was not lost to me. Mm. Like, that mm. was not lost to me, right? Mm-hmm. They waved Blue Lives Matter flags and killed a cop. Which, for the record, rest in peace to Brian Sicknick. And I can only imagine what his family's going through right now. But he mm. was one of the cops who was murdered in this. But the thing, so here's why I say resilience is important. So I don't think it can be lost to me that the day after um, we had the first black senator elected in Georgia, this happens. Yeah. Right? Because in the face of progress, there's always going to be obstacles. Yeah. But those obstacles can't outshine the fact that it did happen. Right? Like, that's significant progress, I would say. hmm And we had more black people vote in that election in Georgia than they had ever before. Mm. That's a step. <clears throat> that's how you make change. And these people can cry and, oh, but we don't want to be forgotten. We've been forgotten for years. Mm. Shit happens, bro. Grow mm. up. You lost. You lost. And so I think, you know, it's important to remember that we're making progress out here and progress doesn't always look and happen fast. Right. You know? Right. But the difference is when we're upset, when things don't go our way, is we don't storm the Capitol, try to blow up buildings, bring zip ties to kidnap people because we're scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. See, this is the the other part of this. Like, if you look at some of the pictures of those who broke into the Capitol. Um, Those, a lot of those guys were straight up geared. Like Mm -hmm. they were straight up geared to the teeth with whatever equipment they thought was necessary to kidnap someone, to fight against police, whatever. Like they looked like a paramilitary outfit with some of the stuff that they were wearing. And in my mind, I'm like, how on earth are we comfortable with civilians having this level of weaponry and gear that is used to subdue, kidnap, or otherwise, uh, like, keep people against their will? Like, this goes beyond, you know, wanting to protect yourself if the government goes crazy, right? Like, that goes that goes beyond mm-hmm. that, you know? Like... This, this this was clearly planned and thought out, and you guys were thinking, okay, how can I take captive some some representatives or some senators, or how can I take Nancy Pelosi captive? There's how can a group I take of people her out there. of the Capitol and and keep her for whatever plans I have? Yeah, it's the same shit that happened in Michigan when they tried yeah. to do it to the governor. But there was a group of people there who erected a noose. And um, what's that thing that has the blade that slides down the beheads, people? You know what I'm talking about? Guillotine. Guillotine. Yeah, they had one of those set up, basically. I didn't see the guillotine. I saw the noose. And they I were outside 
one part of mm. the Capitol yelling, hang Mike Pence. Oh, my God, bro. Oh, my God. They were God. in the building looking for Nancy Pelosi, looking for Schumer. Speaking of like, Nancy Pelosi, the, the guy who went the most viral um, with that picture that was taken of him stealing his, his po- uh, Nancy Pelosi's podium, he's officially been arrested. Yep, uh, got his ass. <laughs> yep, got, got him. him. So the thing I, that was- I'm wondering who else is going to be arrested, though, because it's not like he's the only person that stole something. It's not like he's the only person whose face we saw on camera breaking into our Capitol. So they got the guy that was still in the podium. They got the guy that put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk who stole her mail. Mm. Uh, someone stole her laptop, too, by the way. So, you know, mm. as soon there are as that other shit documents that were stolen, too. Mm-hmm. There are some national security documents that were stolen, too. Yeah, they got I know they're looking for that dude that had like the fucking fur on and was painted. Yeah. They, caught, they should they be arre- looking for that dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's on the list. They arrested one dude who had 11 pipe bombs. Oh, my God. Uh, a long gun. Mm-hmm. Molotov cocktails. Like, they got him. The thing that blows my mind is they were allowed to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if the National Guard hadn't shown up, then I kind of would have understood the police letting people go. Because how are you going to arrest all those people? when you don't, like, have enough officers there. But once the National Guard was there, feel like some arrests should have been made on the spot. And we know why the National Guard was late. Like, we know why they were late. Mm. Dr- like, Trump goes in his video, oh, I sent the National Guard right away. Which, like, I watched this whole thing. He did not. Like, that's that's not. a hard cap, bro. Yeah, he did not. And we all know he it. He definitely did not. He resisted. Bro. He told people he told criminals who broke into our capital he told them that they were wonderful very and special that he people loved them. Yeah. very special yeah. people and that he loved them attackers mm-hmm. of our nation's capital he said i i love you we love and you. then if anything oh, this should be a sign to people who support him right mm. he said that he did that video right but mm. then when shit started getting hot and people are talking 25th amendment impeach him what happened he threw them under the bus yep he goes, not my people. Bro, I just, I don't. Oh, that's Antifa, right? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. I don't even want to hear anything about Antifa, bro. I don't want to hear anything about Antifa. This is not. You got Antifa. congressmen talking about, no, it was hijacked by Antifa. Nope. Matt Gates is, Matt, I'm not going to say anything real. Matt Gates was out here talking, he posting fake news stories talking about oh face recognition says it was antifa the fucking face fbi recognition? face yeah. recognition okay all right <laughs> here's the thing here's here's the whole logic that i can debunk that easy who gathered the crowd mm. mm-hmm. i read the tweets from december 27th who gathered the crowd and who, who said the we're gonna walk down to the capitol Right, like, I just, (laughs) oh my God, man, there's just, we've been talking about this for however long and it feels like we just barely scratched the surface. Like we haven't even really gotten into like the the weeds of it. Yeah. The weeds of it, the, the, the deep intentions of it, man. I, the biggest thing, I don't think people learned it, but you can see is that 
there are obviously two Americas. Yeah. Right? Like, we can't, we as black people couldn't afford to be able to do that. Mm -mm. Black people couldn't afford to be able to do something like that. Bro, they'd have handled us at the rally. (laughs) We wouldn't have made it to the Capitol. People of color. Like, can you imagine if, if some Americans who happen to be of Arab descent had decided to do something like this? Can you imagine what the response would have been? We have movies made about false scenarios with Arab people breaking into our nation's capital, Korean people breaking into our nation's capital, and, you know, the white man saves the day. Yeah, we have been here. How many times we have heard the word ISIS? Like, uh, we'd have been hearing ISIS, ISIS, ISIS. God. Right? ISIS. Meanwhile, vanilla ISIS is allowed to do whatever they want. Mm Mm-hmm. Vanilla ISIS. <laughs> Mayo ISIS. <laughs> you know. Oh, bro. And the thing is that, like, I love the fact that we can make jokes in the midst of this and laugh in the midst of this because, like, that's what our, our minds need. But, like, we shouldn't even be joking about this shit, Yeah, we should. Bro. This is a serious thing. <laughs> This is serious. We should not be cracking jokes <laughs> about this right now, but we have to. Because if you don't, you feel like you're going bleeping insane. Yeah. And oh. then I saw on the internet, people were saying, using say her name for that lady that got shot. Inside. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, was, she happened to serve in the military. Mm-hmm. And they were like doing the whole say her name thing, and like I saw I'm multiple multiple veterans responding to this, and they're like, just because she happened to be someone who served in the military doesn't mean that she gets excused for what she was a part of, because mm-hmm. there's plenty of evidence throughout the entire history of our armed forces of there being individuals that have issues with racism, and sexism, and xenophobia. Like, there are issues within our military, and they're not exempt from the issues that our, our country is facing. Doesn't mean that every single person who is involved in armed forces is like that. Absolutely not. But there's, there's an issue where there's people that who are. Yes, because there's, there's humans involved with it. And whenever there's humans involved with something, there's going to be human error and human issues and human problems. Yeah, just like the Seattle police, just like in the Seattle Times. It said that cops from Seattle were in that crowd. Yep. And yep. I'm sure there's others. There, I saw tweets from others saying that there were. They're just waiting for the police departments to announce it. Yep. But when I, when I heard about the lady being shot, my first reaction was when I was a kid, my mom always told me if I was in a place where I shouldn't be, natural consequences tend to occur. Mm. Right? Had she? Have you seen the video? I saw the video. I haven't seen the video, no. They, uh, the door was barricaded. There were cops in the way, preventing them for while they were still evacuating members of Congress. Right, 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 right. And then on the inside where they were barricaded, there were um, more officers with guns ready, right? Mm-hmm. And then the officers in front of the door moved so they could go to the next part because the door had been sufficiently barricaded. Right. And so they were, like, trying to knock it down, knock it down, knock it down, knock it down. And there was an area up top, and she tried to jump through, and he capped her ass. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, you shouldn't have been in there. Yeah. In the first place. You really What the shouldn't. hell did you think was going to happen? You really shouldn't have been in there. 
And I I just saw an article uh, earlier today, actually, uh, talking about the the whole Seattle cop thing. And apparently, the Seattle Police Department is going to be investigating whether their cops were involved. And like, a part of me is just super, 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 super um, distrusting of all of this because it's like, can we really trust you guys to properly investigate? No, can I we feel really that. do it? I feel that. And I feel the same way about Capitol Police. Yeah. Because okay. there was Capitol Police that were like flashing their badges and stuff as they were like mm-hmm. letting people through. They were like plainclothes cops flashing their badges to let these rioters through. Yeah. I d- <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Like the, the crux and it of said that some of them led them to certain they were leading them in the direction of certain people's offices. Mm. I didn't even see that part. Yeah. Mm. And mm. like, you can't tell me that this was just a random happening. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like you like, saw the video of the girl who was crying, who said she got maced. Like they pushed her out and maced her. Yeah. She said, we're trying to start a revolution. People wore civil war shirts, which by the way, that girl that got maced, um, well, she didn't actually get maced. If you look closely, People yeah. pointed out that there was an onion in the towel that she was wiping her eyes with. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Nice try, Oh, buddy. my God. Bro. It's all an act. It's all theater, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, all, it's all theater, man. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I and just... the thing that's really, the thing that's really starting to get to me is I see tweets from Ted and from, um, other Congress people, I just forgot his name, but uh, from Missouri, that guy mm-hmm. talking um, about the rhetoric's too hot. Let's come together. Now you Josh want to come the guy I was thinking, yeah, mm. when you're the guys that did this shit, mm. because you got ambitions. Yeah, let's come together with our enemies of the state. Let's do that. Let's make friends with our enemies of the state. And seeing as how we're making friends with our enemies of the state, let's do it with ISIS. Yeah, might as well. I mean, if you're if you're going to be cool with people just storming the Capitol and you're like, ah, oh, you know, they're, they're still good people, it's fine. Then, then let's be chill with ISIS then. That's fine, right? <laughs> there has hmm. to be consequences. There has to be. Oh, you can't, like, man. people go... Oh, Joe Biden should just, you know, let it quell down, move on. You know, let's not further divide the country. Mm-mm. But there has to be consequences Mm-mm. for this shit. Yes. And it needs to be severe consequences, because if it's not, you're simply going to embolden those who weren't arrested or who weren't there the first time. And not just for them, for Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Rudy Giuliani. Um, there was one Ben Moore, I believe his name is. He was a congressman. Mm-hmm. who was up on that stage before all this happened, encouraging violence, they need to be held accountable. Like Because these people Britain, aren't quote-unquote patriots, like Ivanka no. Trump called them in a tweet. Oh, my God. They're just not. They're just not. There's They're nothing, terrorists. There's nothing patriotic about atta- attacking your nation's capital and trying to usurp, essentially, the, the throne, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. There's nothing patriotic about that. Because, I mean, I mean, just, oh, God. 
Like if Black Lives Matter had done this and then we were saying, oh, it's just it's just it's, uh, it's our version of, of patriotism. You know, like we love this country so much. We're willing to engage in violence against the country in and of itself to, to better the country and, and make it better than it was before. Like no one would buy that. Nobody would buy that. Yeah, no one would. No one would. We'd see all over the news what thugs they were. <sighs> and so, naturally, let's talk about what happened after, because I feel like we talked about... Well, I mean, I still have tons of feelings. I'm sure you have tons of feelings. Oh, tons. Oh, tons. But this there's, could be hours long. <laughs> so there's, still a, there's still a group of individuals that I have yet to address. Oh, go ahead. That, go ahead. I mean, okay. So, obviously, we talked about the politicians involved um, that are responsible for this and the citizens that were actually there. Uh, but I also want to talk about the other enablers of Trump fanaticism uh, that has culminated in, in this event. Um, my my lovely, lovely, lovely brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, oh, yeah. For years now have been all up Trump's butt. Let's just call it what it is. You guys have been all up Trump's butt. And I'm not saying it's all white evangelicals. I'm saying it's too many white evangelicals who are far too comfortable with everything that Trump has said and done. You guys have enabled a huge portion of this. You guys have pushed this forward, even if you in and of yourself did not say, hey, go storm the Capitol. By not standing against all of the earlier Trump things, you open the door to this. You the opened too, the door to this. The thing, too, is they were allowed to condemn the BLM thing. Yeah. But they are really quiet right now. Of course they're really quiet right now. Because they got up something. on the pulpit, the, the pulpit and they endorsed Donald Trump and everything that Donald Trump stands for, including this. Let me tell you something. Those protesters wouldn't have gotten to Joel Olstein's church. You, <laughs> you saw that during a hurricane. <laughs> Uh, I, okay. I know I came on real strong right there, but I came on strong because of my emotions regarding this. I've seen it's far true. too many people in the church, both black or white people of color and people who are white in the church who have spoken up against Trump that have been vilified, that have been demeaned, that ha have been called out, that have been pushed out of their own churches. I've seen too many pastors voice their support of Donald Trump throughout these four years, regardless of the information that has come out, regardless of the things that he has said, regardless of the fruit of his actions, if we want to get biblical with it, regardless of the fruit of his actions, they have been all in on Trump. And I simply cannot abide it. I simply cannot let you guys be be some of the, the gatekeepers to these issues and not take ownership for what you are a part of. The, the, the willingness to elevate Donald Trump to a level that, that supersedes the word of God, that supersedes the heart of God for his children, for every single person on this planet, is mind-boggling to me. The willingness to contrive and misuse and misspeak Bible verses and 
passages of scripture to excuse and cover up for Donald Trump and to encourage those to ignore the things that he's saying and doing is horrific. It's horrific. And I, I, I'm saying this out of a, out of a place of love because I genuinely am heartbroken at what I'm seeing those who don't believe, those who are outside of the church, say about Christianity right now. In their minds, they associate everything that is Donald Trump, everything that is Trump supporters, everything that this riot was with the church, with the white church in particular. I saw multiple posts talking about how um, how, how Christianity is, uh, well, Republican Christianity is starting to look a lot like radical Islam. Because what happens is they're so quick to use, to quote the Bible, to use it as a means of oppression. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I know I'm being far reaching with the, with the things that I'm saying, but I'm not going to apologize for it because this is, this is what I'm seeing and, and, and it's what I'm hearing. And I, I've been saying it for years to my family and to some of my friends, but like we have allowed Republican politics in a lot of circles and in a lot of ways, especially nationally, to hijack the image of the Christian church, of the body of Christ. And, and right now, the image that people are seeing is hugely, hugely, hugely negative. And we have to accept ownership for for and responsibility for our part in this we can't just try and explain it away you know we have to we have to be real with ourselves and we have to be honest with ourselves because in my mind if we're ever going to see reconciliation occur in this country healing occur in this country then it has to start within first and we've wronged each other for Years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And these past four years is just the, the big amplified culmination it. of it. Yeah. It's just amplified I, it. Yeah, this is something that we had a we had a really long talk about this, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like like weeks ago a really long talk mm-hmm. about this. And I just think the silence that right now from them is telling. Mm. Right. And honestly, and this may sound harsh, but I feel like there should be consequences for them too. Mm. I feel like if you get up on your pulpit and you start preaching about Donald Trump or politics in general, that you are now violating that whole separation of church and state. And maybe Mm. you should be taxed Mm. as businesses. Mm. Right. Cause you got, I mean, there's plenty of churches, which I think you can say use people's money for reasons that aren't for church building. You, you could. Know, you got you pastors could. out here buying private jets. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that pastor that told his members to give him a stimulus check for bail? Yep. 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 And, and again, again, like obviously, this is not every church. Right. Not every, every church. Or, or, or every pastor. Not saying that. But, but we need to recognize the fact that there are those who are doing this, those who yeah. are involved in this. And. Before we even get to separation of church and state and and punishments and this and that, we can just start with the endorsement of politicians from the pulpit in general. Yeah, if if you endorse someone from the pulpit, taxed. 
I mean, Taxed. we shouldn't. We sh- it shouldn't be happening in general. That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be happening in general. Like it's it's fine for you as as a as a human being who happens to be a pastor to have your political beliefs and whatnot. That's totally fine. But what I think we should be hearing and, and, and seeing from the pulpit is instead of directly endorsing one politician over the other, you should be instructing and guiding and teaching your church as far as how to approach politics with a biblical mindset and how to pray about politics and how to allow yourself to be led by God during political seasons of, of your life. Instead of hitching your horse to, to one party or the other, help your congregation to walk in wisdom, to walk in truth and to, to see, you know, what it is or to hear what it is that God is, is telling them about policies and politicians in general. So that way we avoid separation of church and state issues. We avoid having to, to meet out punishment. We avoid uh, having our image hijacked by a particular party. And, and we can say truthfully that, that we are allowing ourselves to be led by God. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, I, I really think that we need to get a pastor on here to talk about this deeper. Yeah. So yeah, we got to deal with that. Yeah. Um, I think that was good. I th- also think, you know, there's certain media outlets that should probably be held accountable because mm. even after this insurrection happened, you had two people whose names I'm not going to say on here, but you know what network they work for. Uh, mm. We're talking about, hey, guys, because of this, guess what? They're going to come take your rights. They're coming for your rights now. Further fear mongering. The fear mongering, man. The and then their, their most you know, successful tactic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously Trump's Twitter account got taken down and people are like, that's censorship. That's censorship. That's censorship. No, it's Which, not. Let's be honest here. That is not censorship. That is not censorship. Because if I came into your house, let's say you have a don't wear shoes in the house rule. Mm. And I just came through out the rain, stepped in the mud, kicked my feet up on your couch, said F your couch. Like I'm Rick James, <laughs> not the couch, though, bro. <laughs> you know, F your couch. <laughs> not not to grandmama's couch covered in the plastic, bro. Yeah, I took the plastic off, <laughs> put mud all over that thing, stomped through your house, you know, ate your food and just left dishes in the sink. Oh God, that's and the started worst. just making a mess out of your house. You kick me out, mm-hmm. right? I mean, these sites mm-hmm. got terms of service, my guy. These you are can't private just do, companies. They're private companies. Yeah, you can't just get on their site and stoke up hate and um, encourage insurrectionists and be allowed from to a, stay. From a position of immense power. <laughs> yeah, that's like if I went over to someone's house who has kids and was like, go beat your parents up. <laughs> I can't be allowed to stay. Bruh, that's like this if I is? started... It's like a, that's like if I started a fight club in my classroom. Yeah, like, you'd you got be gone. Somebody settle it with your fists in my classroom. Like that would be a huge issue, man. Right, you'd be gone. You'd be gone. Oh my god, bro! I just and uh, then, they're willing to to cry wolf about anything and everything, dude. Because that's because they, they don't like want consequences. Them. Yeah, they want things. They want to be able to do whatever the hell they want with no consequence, but be able to give consequences to other people. It's why 
Ted Cruz is mad that people are saying he should resign. It's why Josh Hawley's mad that people are saying he should resign. It's why mm-hmm. Josh Hawley's mad that his book deal got taken away. And he said, this is Orwellian. When it's not. That ain't Orwellian. It's capitalism. Oh, my God. <sighs> then they're mad that Joe Biden, you know, criticized them. And they're talking about how dare you compare us to Nazi soldiers. Mm. When, let's look at what happened. A GOP House lady, she said Hitler was right in her speech. Mm-hmm. This was pre-insurrection. Mm-hmm. A Confederate flag was hung right outside the Museum of Jewish Heritage. Mm. Jewish heritage. Uh, lots of people wore anti-Semitic shirts to that. Mm-hmm. Did they not? I, I was gonna say mid mid insurrection. I saw um, a Camp Auschwitz shirt mm-hmm. uh, and a few other like anti-Semitic shirts. Um, I think I, I, I don't know. Someone someone else said I can't remember exactly what it was, but someone else said something that was very anti-Semitic, like actually inside the Capitol. Yeah. The other thing that should not be ignored is a war was fought to quell the wills of those who hung the the Confederate flag and it never made it into the Capitol until Wednesday. Mm. Like, just think about that. Mm. Like, I don't don't know what else to say after that. I don't know if there is anything else to say about that. Yeah, I can just... I can literally finish by saying those who stoked this should be dealt with. Those Mm. who did this should be dealt with. And I don't care that you were mad. I get mad every day and I'm not out here doing crimes. I don't get mad Mm. every day, obviously. I don't have anger issues, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I get mad mad and I'm not storming capitals. But those people who did it should be punished. Mm. To the highest degree of the law. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and consequences aren't Orwellian it's not dividing the nation it's uh, as my dad said when I was a kid you get it where you did it mm. mm-hmm. and that's what I will finish with mm-hmm. I think that was uh, well put I don't really have anything else to add um, we simply need to see the, the right things being done in response to this, uh, and it needs to be consistent across the board. Um, because it, truth be told, this entire situation is a huge mess. It's a big mess. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be able to, to get by with halfway done cleaning measures. We got to, you know, we got to bust out the rubber gloves and pull our, our shirt sleeves up, use a little bit of elbow grease and get after it because it's going to take a lot to clean this up. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. If we're going to come together as a nation, we got to come together to condemn stuff like this Mm. because to not do anything about this only encourages it to keep happening. Mm. That was our mistake after the Michigan thing. We didn't, didn't, we didn't quell this down enough. Yep. And so this isn't a, Let's just kind of deal with it so we don't talk about it. We need to stamp this shit out. Mm. Right? Like, this ain't no slap on the wrist kind of situation. Mm-mm. This is a third book, Adam. It needs to be strong. It needs to be strong. Yeah. Also, the word I was looking for earlier was gallows. That's what they Gallows. 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 
Oof, bro. I think I'm talking about this for years and years and years and years to come. Bro, that AP history test in about 10, 15 years about to be. <laughs> boy, them essays going to be dope. <laughs> boy, I tell you what, if I uh, if I ever get the chance to take a peek to see what exactly is being taught in history classes about 10, 15 years from now, I better see the truth about this situation. Yeah, also. Uh, indigenous history. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, I ain't letting kids just be like, oh, it was, you know, the BLM protests were the, the protests of that decade. Mm. Don't give me that. <laughs> Don't give me that. Also, uh, I just saw an article that the DOJ said the guy that broke into Speaker Pelosi's office, they say if convicted, he faces a maximum penalty of one year in prison. Hmm. Whereas a Utah Black Lives Matter protester could get life. Mm. For splashing paint. Mm. Mm. Go figure. Hashtag uh, two Americas, my guy. There's, just, there's so much that we have to keep an eye on with this. Because <laughs> yeah. obviously, like, we've, we've spent forever talking about the, the event in and of itself and just talking about the fact that there needs to be punishments in general. We haven't even talked about the types of punishments that should be involved, the lengths of the punishments, or anything like that. Like, we have to keep an eye on all of this because they are going to try to find ways to, like, to lighten the load, to lessen the punishment, to, to make light of it and try and sweep it under the rug and move on and distract us with God knows what else. Well, the punishment should be easy because, uh, sure, sir, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, said <sighs> that things like this should get at least 10 years in prison. So maybe we should start he there. He did say that. He did I say mean, that. Didn't yeah. He? Let's, let's start with their leader, you know. Let's just start there. Oh, God, bro. <laughs> it's exhausting. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> 2021 was all right for about five days. Fire Nation's here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it just took 2020 a little bit of time to wake up from its hangover. This the remix. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said this was the deluxe 2020 version. <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, this is the PS5 God. compared to the PS4 we had last year. <laughs> Can't believe we paid extra for this, bro. I know, man. <laughs> like, oh. oh, God. This 2020 with the bottle service, man. <laughs> <laughs> we just went to first class in this piece. <laughs> Oh man! Oh. Lord. The only other question I'd have, and this is a serious, not really a serious one. That dude that was holding the podium, like, what'd you expect to happen, bro? <laughs> like, what was your plan <laughs> after you got that outside? You have no plan, bro. <laughs> you have no plan, bro. He was. If you look at this man's face, he was overjoyed. He was like, "I'm finna make some money on uh, eBay." I'm going to be Twitter famous and nothing's going to happen to me because I don't expect punishment for my actions. Oh, the other thing I got to say about that, and this is a big shame on a lot of people. I need y'all to like do your research. A lot of people thought that man's name was Via Getty. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, (laughs) y'all. 
That's not even do your research. That's just use your common sense. Come you on, man. You guys have to know who Getty Images is at this point in time. <laughs> right? You have to know who Getty Images is. Like, come on, man. What are you doing? <laughs> don't you see Via Getty on all the other pictures that don't include him? Like, I, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, happy new, I think we can handle that. <laughs> happy new year, you gotta work with what you got, bro. You gotta work with what you got. 